Raw Impact Radio, Masir Blackston. All right, that's that's the name, Ma Sir Blackston. However, you can call me Sir Blackston, and when it's written, it looks a lot like Sir Blackston. So let's just go with that, Sir Blackston, right here, Raw Impact Radio. And today, today, finally, after all this time, we're gonna launch this damn podcast. And what better way than by giving you the live report from WWE Extreme Rules 2022? We were in the building. We were in Philly for Extreme Rules. Banger of an event. Now, I've been going to WWE wrestling events since September of 1996. Okay? I I would say that this time will tell, but this may be the second most historically significant WWE event that I've ever gone to. The most significant would have been actually a, a combination of the Monday Night Raw and ECW where Rob Van Dam lost his world, his WWE and ECW World Championships. Another story for another day, though. But that was the most historically significant event. And time will tell, history will tell whether or not Extreme Rules 2022 event had, can bang with that at all. Historically, of course. But I will say that probably the most significant, historically significant piece of this event would obviously be the return of Bray Wyatt. So why don't we just start there? First off, we're in the closing moments of the fight pit between Matt Riddle and Seth Rollins. So Seth Rollins and Matt Riddle, you know, they do their thing. Matt Riddle gets the the submission victory over Seth Rollins, which was awesome. The fight pit looked great. Okay, and uh, so Daniel Cormier and Matt Riddle go to the to the top of the entrance way, and I haven't watched the actual broadcast. From what I understand, though. At this point, they start rolling credits. Well, not rolling credits. You know the little the little stash thing that comes up at the bottom. And then the lights go out. People in the arena lost their fucking minds. I got the video on my on my uh, TikTok of the moment that the lights went out. People lost their fucking minds. I loved it. Lights go out. And then over the over the the, the in-house system, he's got the whole world in his hands. People lost it. People flipped their shit. I I flipped my shit. I was like, yeah, son. Bray Wyatt, son. It was great. And then, so you guys at home have the benefit of commentary that can, like, advance the story along. Also, at home, you have multiple camera angles. Where I am is just where I am at an event. So I saw, like, lights flashing Mostly like the fireflies, as you would say, like folks' cell phones. So I'm like, all right, cool. I'm like trying to delineate between that and like when an actual spotlight comes on. So a spotlight comes on on the far side of the arena to, to my far right. And that is Ramblin' Rabbit. And people went crazy because all of the QR code things were rabbits. In the arena, it looked creepy as shit. All right. Everything looked creepy as shit. Light goes out. Now, from what I understand, there are other lights that are going on that are probably on my side of the arena, which is the reason that I can't see it. And then the big light comes on that that has the the light on the fiend, and people lose their shit. They go fucking crazy. Your uh, your vision has to be great. It's a good thing I wore the glasses because the the, the jumbotron, like the, the the screens at the top of the arena, they're out. Everything is black. On the video on my YouTube on my TikTok, it looks like 
there's way more light than there actually is. It was dark as fuck. Those iPhones, they do a great job of making things brighter. So while all of this is going on, they're bringing in the entrance, like the doorway, the, the, the swamp and all of that stuff. Like they're bringing that stuff in. They're building that stuff up. And the reason for the video packages is so that you guys don't see that they're, they're building this thing up. At this point, my phone decided to say, fuck you, Sir Blackston. I don't give a damn about you. And it just stops working. So I'm like trying to get my phone to work. I'm like restarting my phone. I'm like, fuck, I'm going to miss this whole thing. Because as much as I like enjoy to savor a moment, I also, I also love to just document this shit for the future. Because, yeah, you can always go back and watch it on TV, but there's nothing like that live experience. So we have, they're, they're building the deal. And then the screen comes up where they show like all of the characters from the Firefly Funhouse just done. Like everybody's dead. All of, they're all dead. <laughs> and uh, and then that, that, that blacks out. You know, you got the, the warped music. And then the lights on the doorway. They start to like shine through the door. The door opens up. WWE's production team. Everybody should get a bonus for this particular deal here. The door opens up. Um, and then the lantern comes through. So what I couldn't see from where I was was like any kind of detail on the mask. I couldn't tell what the fuck he looked like at all. Okay. And and I I paid attention during the deal where he was on like the, the, the staticky TV screen, but I couldn't really see it all that well because I'm like doing that. I'm trying to restart my phone. These these kids, like they've got this sign like in front of me, like Bray's going to see the sign in the fucking dark. Like it was just, it was just an event. Okay. It was, things were happening. So I didn't see his mask. I didn't get a close up on his mask and I didn't realize that he took his mask off. So he took his mask off and all of this stuff I can see afterwards, you know, just looking at clips on TikTok. But I got to say, that was just a great moment. It was an awesome, awesome moment. I loved it. Loved it. WWE's, the, the way that they do their shows, it's unmatched. It's unrivaled. It's unparalleled. And I say that as a guy who attends a lot of wrestling shows. And there are a lot of places that do that do a really, really good job. But the experience, the years, the decades of experience is just so obvious. So obvious in everything that they do. But, all right, so first off, I want to thank you again for, for joining me, Sir Blackston, on this here podcast, Raw Impact Radio. I wanna, we're going to run through the whole thing. We're going to run through the whole show now. That's what we're going to do. And it's not going to take long because I'm only going to tell you what I remember. And because of things that happened as a child, I don't remember much. See, this is great. This is going to help your time and all of that good shit. Uh, So before I even get into the arena, parking. We're not going to go through the whole parking experience. Just say it sucks. All right. Parking at these wrestling events sucks. The good thing about it is. I don't typically just sit in line and wait for stuff. Like, I'm, I'm one of those people that's like, you know, we're not, I'm not going to waste my time. <laughs> so I'm, I'm happy to make U-turns and all of this other shit. So rather than a half hour wait, I only had like a 15 minute wait. Rolled into the arena and immediately I saw another creator. He was in a conversation with someone else. So I just, you know, walked over to him, said, yo, what's up? I recognize you from TikTok. Uh, he obviously, so no one can recognize me, which is beautiful. No one can recognize me because most people don't know what I look like. And, and they say, you know, um, yo man, why are you being like, uh, secretive about your, it's not that, uh, the reason that I choose not to show my face on my TikTok, and there are a few different reasons, but the main one is just 
a love, a respect for the anonymity of the old school original radio, which is the one that I grew up on. So with radio, you'd hear someone's voice and you'd have no idea of what they looked like. And for me, the moment that I found out what someone looked like, it took away like that whole mystique aspect of it. Didn't change what they were saying, but it took away the mystique. I love having that mystique. I love that mystique. And I see like a lot of, of shows and podcasts are going in the direction of video and people like seeing them. I don't know that I would ever do a full time video podcast. I like the idea of, of just being this voice that, that people hear. But so, and yeah, so I can't get recognized. It's, that's the main deal. This <laughs> is it's just dope. Um, so I'll do things like I, I wore a shirt, a raw and pegged radio shirt. It was pink and white and black. I, if you go, if you were on the TikTok, you saw me actually making it um, where I did a full thumb reveal. Well, a partial thumb reveal. <laughs> and, uh, so, yeah, no. So I bumped into this other talker. He was busy. Suplex. That's who it was. Suplex. S-double-O. Plex. Come on. He was talking to someone else like he had a whole stream of people. So I just I was like, hey, dude, what's going on? I uh, I follow you or something like that. Or I, I'm also a TikToker. He was like, all right, cool. And uh, and I went on into the arena. So get into the arena. I was hoping for a dark match. I didn't need one. I didn't realize at the time that I didn't need one, but I did not need a dark match because this this card was stacked. Even though it was only six matches, seven matches, it was stacked. So where I was, I was in section 103. You look down and you can see like the, you know, the the pre-show team. So the pre-show team was out there. They walked out Jerry the King Lawler. People start doing the the Jerry chants, which was awesome, you know. I have I, Jerry Lawler was at the first event that I had ever attended. He faced off against Mark Henry. Um and Mark Henry's first ever match and it was dope to see like that he's still there. All this time, Jerry's still there. He's the only one that was still there from the first show, but he was still there. So that was cool. They walked Jerry to the back, uh, which is actually the entrance way. And then his music plays, which is weird because I was like, yo, he just walked through the arena. Now you're going to play his music? What the hell? So he, he comes out of the entrance way and he's like, hey, we're going to unveil the logo for WrestleMania 40. And at this point, because I, I forgot. Fuck, dude, we get WrestleMania. It, it, not next year, but the year after that. Who the fuck knows what's going to be going on? So we get WrestleMania 40 in Philly, and maybe we'll do some sort of meetup deal or something like that. We'll see how this this TikTok thing goes, this podcast thing goes. So he calls out the, first he calls out the Eagles cheerleaders. And the Eagles cheerleaders, and they come out and they dance and all of that other stuff, and they, you know, E-A-G-L-E-S. He go, I thought that he was going to cut the music before they did that final E-A-G-L-E-S Eagles chant, and that would have been a huge mistake. He would have gotten immediate heat, all right? People would have shed all over the logo. It's a very good very good thing he didn't cut that off. Um, then he brings out the Sixers dancers and they do their thing and the, the the mascot and all of that shit. They ring the bell and then we see the logo and they do the pyro and all of that stuff. And the WrestleMania 40 logo, it looks awesome. There are hints of eagles because it's got like the green and the gray and all of that good stuff. But there is a bell, the Liberty Bell. And we'll see this in, in their logos. Like, you know, when they do WrestleMania in New York and it has like the... What is it? The Empire State Building or WrestleMania Hollywood has like the film reels. And all. so the New Orleans one has the Saints logo. They all have like that little accent that says this is where it's hailing from. So for Philly, it was there's a bell. Now, I posted the logo on my TikTok and people were like, dude, what what's the bell mean? What is that Taco Bell? What, what is the I don't get the significance of the bell. And I'm like, dude, history, history, the Liberty Bell. Come on. The Liberty, you got to know. 
You got to know. And it's housed in Philadelphia. So, cool. So we got the logo out of the way. Jerry Lawler's back. He's done. He's hanging out in the back with the puppies. The show starts, and out come the brawling brutes for the Donnybrook. Now, apparently, at home, when you're watching it on Peacock, there was another white rabbit tease. And I, I, I believe it was the same one. You know, if, the, if you scan the QR code on Friday night, this is the same video that popped up. It looks like kind of like a video game where he digs at the red, at the purple legs underneath the ground. We didn't see that in the arena. But I did notice that the music played a lot longer than normal. And I was wondering why. I thought it was a video recap, but I'm like, no, dude, they just did a whole video package. So now I know. It was because of the White Rabbit. That makes sense. The Donnybrook was such a banger. First off, Seamus, is, Seamus doesn't fucking age. Why doesn't Seamus age? He looks the exact same as he did when I saw him win the King of the Ring in that same building back in 2010. <laughs> like, he never ex- he never advances in age. Like, it's, it's, it's really dope. This was my first time seeing Butch and Ridge Holland in person, as well as the entire Imperium. I'd never seen the Imperium. Um, but again, so uh, Gunther has, like, a presence. The three of them have a presence that is really awesome. It's almost... Uh, no, it's not It's not as strong. It's not as strong as Bobby Lashley. When Bobby Lashley walked into the arena when I was in Raw, that was like that was like top tier. That was almost at the level of like a Roman Reigns um, in terms of the, the overall presence. But he had a strong presence. And I will say that the Imperium have that same presence. I loved it. I loved watching the Imperium's entrance. If you don't know me, entrances are like 90% of the experience when I go to a live wrestling event. I love seeing the entrance like the combination of the lighting patterns and the video production and the fucking the the, the smoke the pyrotechnics the the actual performer walking to the ring the reaction of the crowd there is nothing like a live wrestling entrance ex- especially when it's dope there's a slightly doper entrance that happened later though there are a couple and i can't wait to get to those so the brawling brutes did their thing um Folks were like white hot because this is the first match to start the show. Um, Sheamus puts Walter through the, uh, he does the Celtic cross through the table and people lost their shit. Like so many great spots, Walter with the shillelagh and the, you know, where where Sheamus like grabs the back of their head and like pelts the shit out of him over the top rope. So he did that to Walter. I'm sorry. I keep saying Walter. I meant Gunther. And like the other guys, they come through and they're beating the shit out of Gunther. While, you know, Seamus is beating the shit out of Gunther. So it's great. It was It was just, it was awesome. Uh, Seamus and the Brutes pick up the victory. Awesome match. Awesome match to see in person. Um, also awesome to see uh, Seamus get the, the kind of love that he gets. He's been around for a very long time. And... It's I'm just I'm I'm happy to see him out there doing his thing. Like when I see guys like him, like Kofi, uh, like Randy, you know, those guys have been around for a long time and they're they're receiving like the fruits of very long careers. And, and I love it. I love it. Um, so up next, Ronda Rousey and Liv Morgan. So first off, this match. OK, this match was way better than it had any uh, any business being for me, at least. All right. And I know people were trying to, you know. Whatever. I loved it. I loved the match. Ronda Rousey, I never cheer for Ronda Rousey, but I actually had to cheer for Ronda Rousey because I want to see the progression between the Ronda Rousey and Shayna Baszler storyline that they started weeks ago. Weeks ago. Then you don't see Shayna again. 
until maybe this week. They started this shit like a lo- like months ago, I feel like. And you don't see any sign of Shayna. And now you see, you know, Ronda has won the championship belt. But how did she get there? Well, Liv came out with a baseball bat. And Ronda takes the bat from her. And she's like, yo, nah, you got to beat me as is. And Ronda, you know, they go back and forth. And they were, like, doing actual bat shots. Like, they were hitting each other with the bat. Like, and it didn't look like they were slowing down. So I'd love to see <laughs> how... Like what this what this bat was made of, because she like those shots were like, oh, my God, she should be like on the ground bleeding right now. Rhonda picks up the victory. And so when you're in the arena, there are things that happen that that are like you wouldn't see, like you wouldn't know by watching TV that I was just sitting in front of a complete psychopathic little girl like this. This girl, she couldn't have been much more than like seven or eight. And she was just you think I'm a heel? You think I'm a heel? Dude, this girl was like, yeah, Rhonda, fuck her up. Hit her with the bat. And I'm like looking at her dad like, yo, bro, you you, you just said fuck. Pull out a knife, Rhonda. Cut her. Cut her face. I'm like, yo, what the fuck is wrong with this child? Like, for real. What is happening right now? So in the midst of all of this, Rhonda wins. Rhonda picks up the victory. I'm cheering everyone around me except for this little girl who, like, was cheering for Rhonda the entire time is like yelling like boo we don't like you Rhonda and all this other shit I was glad I was glad because again I want to see the progression um so that was dope up next was the best entrance of the night that not including Bray Wyatt's because Bray Wyatt's it wasn't really an entrance it was really a return but if he does that on his entrance it's going to be like fire um Drew McIntyre comes out, and I start. I immediately I started dialing nine one one. Unfortunately, there's no signal in the arena, but he came out with an illegal weapon. Okay, he came out with the damn sword, Angela. He, tr- he tries to put a name on it to make us feel more accepting of the fact that it's a total illegal, deadly weapon. So he he comes out, and then Carrion Cross comes out. The entrance of Carrion Cross and Scarlet in person makes no sense. How good it is! I, I, I love it. I love the timing of it. I love the the beats of the chest and the way that it, that it coincides with the music. I love the way that the, the lights just turn red all of a sudden. The only thing um, that could make it better is some sort of pyrotechnics. And I don't even know how you would integrate pyro into his entrance, honestly. I like his entrance. It's almost up there with, uh, with Aleister Black. Um, Aleister Black's entrance from, you know, back when he was in NXT. So they have their match and they have their strap match. And I'm like... I'm watching these guys and they're just it, it, it's it's not even like a match. It's literally just just beating the shit out of each other with this strap and not just like on backs, not just on like like arms and legs and shit. They're hitting each other in the face with the strap. And I'm like, dude, yo, these those guys beat the hell out of each other. And and I want to say this just for everyone who competed and competes just Appreciate what these folks are sacrificing. Appreciate what these folks are giving up for your entertainment. Like these guys are like literally giving up their bodies, their well-being, their ability to be in great shape in some instances in the future for your entertainment. I don't I don't want to say happiness because some people might, you know, find happiness in being hit with a strap by fucking Karrion Cross or Drew McIntyre. It wouldn't be me. But man, those welts have got to be on a thousand this morning. Good God. <laughs> but another great match. Love the interference with Scarlet 
like macing uh, or pepper spraying or whatever Drew McIntyre. That was a great moment. Like, again, it's something that you don't see a lot. Because you see, like, the kendo sticks a lot, you start to think that that's extreme. No, mace somebody, all right? If you've ever been maced, and I never have, but I did accidentally pepper spray my family once. I will tell you that story in the future. Grandma was not very happy that day. But another, just another good... Another good shot. And, and people say, oh, well, you know, he can't pull out the victory without somebody coming in to help him. And I'm like, yo, dude, that's what this thing is about, okay? It's about, like, entertaining people and finding new ways to win. Um, so I love that. I love that. Also, I meant to mention during the Ronda Rousey deal, something that we don't see a lot of, but we used to see a lot of back in the day, the fire extinguisher. Where the fuck is the fire extinguisher bag? It's been under the ring. Bad place for a fire extinguisher, by the way. Why is it under the ring? Because if a fire jumps off, who's going to be like, oh, let's go under the ring to grab the fire extinguisher? Like, just, you know, makes no sense. Come on. <laughs> anyway, uh, Karrion Cross pulls out the victory. Great match. Great entrance. Loved everything about Karrion Cross's entrance in person. Scarlet is like the perfect, perfect accent to the entrance. So loved Karrion Cross's entrance. Up next, you've got the Raw Women's Champion, Bianca Belair. Versus Bailey in a ladder match to retain the Raw Women's Championship. The entire match was great. The match was great. But I especially fuck with the ending. Because the closing spot had uh, Bailey Like, she's, she's trying to grab or climb this ladder or whatever. And Bianca picks her up for the KOD. And she does the KOD through the ladder. Like, Bailey's holding on to the ladder. The ladder drops. Bailey drops onto the ladder. Beautiful spot. Um, during the match... Uh, the other members of Damage Control come out. So EO Sky and Dakota Kai, they come out and they're like, you know, fucking up Bianca. And Bianca is like taking them out. Like she's holding her own. The one thing that people, the one thing that I had an issue with baby faces is that they could, in some instances, they couldn't hold their own. But Bianca Belair, you know, you had this situation where it was a three on one situation. Asuka didn't come out. Lexi didn't come out and speculate away on that. And Bianca Belair handled all three members of Damage Control. Now, the other side of that is, man, Damage Control. Y'all been around, what, like two, three months now? And y'all been handled pretty pretty soundly by Bianca Belair. To the point where, like, does it, does it get damaging for Damage Control for them to not pull out a victory here? So you're saying in a three-on-one situation, you guys still weren't able to beat... Bianca Belair and take away that Raw Women's Championship. I mean, it brings up an interesting conversation. That said, I, I love this match. I love the final, uh, the final moments of the match. It's just a really good match altogether. Just Bailey and Bailey. You know, Bailey can come up with innovative spots. Just from some of the matches that we've seen with Sasha and you know Charlotte and all of that stuff. And Bianca is able to do so much. She's so good. She's so athletic. Um, and 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 they're both like just. They they have great chemistry. I really I can't I can't express to you how much I really loved that ladder match. Bianca for the win there. I thought that Bailey was going to win it because from a storytelling standpoint, it makes sense for Bailey to win. Um, she's in a faction where she's the only person who doesn't hold a championship belt, and she's supposed to be the leader of the faction. Now, I don't know whether or not this has anything to do with the fact that the Bloodline has all of their title belts, and maybe they don't want all of the Women's title belts tied up in one faction as well, but you know it. It's uh, it it it's going to be interesting. It'll be interesting to see where they go with the the whole damage control. Finn Balor and Edge. Wait, 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 before this, all right. So throughout the night, Miz is in the back. He's trying to get a meeting with Triple H, and 
so he's uh you know he, he's in the back he's like he's talking to maurice and he's talking to the interviewer and he's like yo before the night's over i'm gonna go talk to triple h we've got to figure some shit out you know there's no reason or something like that i forget what he was talking about i couldn't really hear and the flyers mascot comes out the flyers mascot comes out and miz is like yo get out of my face fuck is you doing and he moves on. So then they, they do the second segment. And the Flyers mascot is trying to give him a T-shirt. And he's like, no, dude, I don't want your T-shirt. Get the hell out of my face. And the whole time, me and the folks around me are like, yo, dude, yo, dude, that, that's fucking Dexter Loomis. That's got to be Dexter Loomis, right? And, you know, and then in the final one, the Flyers mascot comes out and he tries to give him the shirt again. And then Miz just lays this guy's this guy out. He, like, destroys him, and he's, like, stomping him on the ground and all of this stuff. And then he stands up like, yeah, man, mind your effing business. And then right behind him is is Dexter Loomis. And Dexter Loomis does that weird thing where he, like, puts Miz to sleep, and he starts, like, petting him creepily. Um, and then the, the mascot gets up, and he's, like, he gets his shots in. So, And then the two of them walk off. So that that was cool. That was, that was dope, babyface stuff. Now, here's the deal. Wyatt, we didn't mention this, but... It looks like it's it could potentially be a faction. If it is a faction, how dope would it be if Dexter Loomis were a part of the faction? I mean, well, now I'm thinking about it. Would it be dope? Who knows? I like Dexter Loomis by himself. I like Dexter Loomis uh, when he was on NXT as, you know, in the, in the role that he had there with, uh, with Indy Hartwell and the whole Index thing. I, I, it could be cool. It could be cool. Him as part of the Wyatt Six. And speculation on who the Wyatt Six are. I mean, folks are saying, well, maybe it's Alexa and maybe it's Baron Corbin could be in it. And potentially maybe, you know, Liv Morgan could be in it a little bit. So we don't know who the Wyatt Six are yet, but I'm I'm guessing. Uh, you know what? I don't even want to put it out there because I'll be wrong. So. um, So, yeah. So now we get into Finn Balor versus Edge and then I quit match. And I'm sitting there thinking, bro, there's no way Edge is going to quit. How are we going to get Edge to quit? Edge doesn't quit. He's not a quitter. So Edge makes his entrance. And, you know, I've again, someone else who I've been seeing enter the arena since 1998. I mean, the first time that I saw Edge enter, it was through the crowd and they had the the, the, the police lights and all of that stuff. And you think you know me and all of that good stuff. Man, his he's just evolved so much. And yet he still retains so much from his original iteration. Edge at one point was my absolute favorite behind the rock and he still got it he's whatever it is about edge that drew me to him it's still there okay edge is still that guy and man it was just it was it was great to see him you know it, you know the speculation that this might these might be his his final you know his final few months his final year whatever in wwe or wrestling period and how awesome how awesome of a gift for him to be able to after being told you'll never do this again to be able to come back and, and relive it for this final run man i am i am just extremely happy for edge so he comes out and finn balor comes out and i'm i the moment that i saw a mask i thought demon but then i was like nah that doesn't make much sense i love the mask i loved the mask for finn balor's entrance um his entrance music is a modified version of his old nxt theme and his original raw theme and it's uh it's super dark which is really cool and it does the deal where you know the lights come up for the one part and he even like begins to pose for you know like he's going to do it and he doesn't do it oh my god i fucking love it oh the psychology i love it i love um 
again, I told you I'm a huge fan of entrances. Finn Balor's entrance is no different. It was great. These two beat the shit out of each other for several minutes. Uh, and then it spilled into the crowd. Dog. Dog. All right? Because I haven't seen, like, in the crowd fights in WWE in forever. In person, at least. You know, you see it on TV a lot. But in person, I hadn't seen it in forever. So these guys are fighting. So if, if at first they're fighting and, you know, they go from one side of the arena to the other side. And they're, like, fighting on top of the set for the pre-show. So at that point, they're basically, like, right in front of me. But, like, below me also. So, like, I'm, I'm like, getting this great, like, scenery of Edge, like, beating the shit out of Finn Balor. He breaks out the hockey stick. He's wearing orange and celebrating in honor, I guess, of the Flyers. And he breaks out the hockey stick. And he's, like, knocking him out with the fucking hockey stick. And then he does a submission hole with the hockey stick inside of Finn Balor's face. Just awesome shit. Awesome shit, man. I've, I felt like I was a kid again. So they fight to the other far side of the arena. And, and the crowd is going nuts. Like, folks are just, just loving the vibe all night long. The vibe in that place was intense. Ah, man. Dude, the energy... At that event was great. And I don't know how it came across on TV. I don't know how it came across from like a volume standpoint. But for most part, for most of the night, that shit was completely like rocking. I man, great energy. Uh and and it and you could tell that the guys were feeding off of it also. So they go to the far side, and I'm I'm like, at this point I'm still filming. They're up by the uh by the thing that lets you know what section they're in and everything. So I'm filming and then my phone dies right as Finn Balor's head hits the damn section post. It doesn't matter. I'm sure they caught it on TV. Um But yeah, so those two beat the shit out of each other. They come back and then, you know, at some point Dominic and and, and the rest of the, the, the judgment day comes out, which was like really cool because, you know, obviously they I, I was hoping to see like the full Judgment Day entrance. That didn't happen. It's okay. It's cool. But I did get to see Dominic beat his dad's ass in person, and I've been waiting for this for some time. Right? This was some shit. This was this is why I bought the ticket. All right, so I can see Dominic beat his dad's ass in person. So that was awesome. You know, I was cheering Dominic on. The people around me were saying how how bad of a, of a person Dominic was. Hey, this one kid again. So these kids are terrible these days. This kid's like five or six. And, and as they're wheeling away on edge, they're beating the shit out of him. This kid yells out, pieces of shit. And I looked, I looked back at his family. I'm like, yo, what the fuck are y'all doing? How are you raising this kid? Oh, man, it was the funniest shit ever. Like, ah, man, it, it was just great. We also got the square off. Rhea Ripley and Beth Phoenix square off. And then, like, get physical. And now, uh, so I'm hoping, I'm hoping that this leads into a Survivor Series match. Maybe, maybe one of those, um, see, I don't know if they'll have two, but maybe a War Games match. I don't know. Don't they both need, like, another person? I don't know. I don't know how it works. But, um, and could you do War Games? You couldn't really do an intergender War Games without the the guys getting physical with the, the, the women. So I don't know. I don't know how it would work. Um, But, yeah, because at some point, unless the two women start, at some point there would be one woman and everybody else would be men. And that wouldn't be good if they're, you know, if they're trying to continue with the the whole no no intergender. But whatever. I don't know what it's leading to, but whatever it is, it's going to be dope. And I'm, I'm excited about it, except for the fact that Beth Phoenix got her face squished by Rhea Ripley. 
she caught a concerto. So she can, she eats the concerto and it's like, you know, that's that's how they get Edge to quit. Man. But before that, though, Finn did the most awesome thing. Finn did three consecutive coup de gras. And just there's no way to like there's no way to stop the pain on the coup de gras as far as I know. I mean, I'm sure he can try to buffer the landing by, you know, landing as soft as he can. But that's still a nearly 200 pound man jumping directly onto your rib cage edge dude okay and this last year just just slow down slow down we need you around for the full last year just it, it it was great um so yeah so beth phoenix gets uh you know they threaten her they threaten to they threaten to uh concerto her so edge quits and then they concerto her anyway i yelled out do it anyway and people were looking at me like i was crazy and i'm like shut up they're gonna do it anyway and and they did it, and then I was vindicated, and I laughed at those people. <laughs> so that takes us to the, the the main event, which how awesome is it that Matt Riddle got to main event a pay-per-view in Philly, a place where he's he's wrestled, you know, in that area just so many times. Um, So Matt Riddle, he comes out. Well, first off, Daniel Cormier comes out way bigger than I thought that he was. Like, I guess the TV doesn't do him that kind of justice. Huge guy. Uh, he comes out there. They've already lowered the fight pit. The fight pit looks awesome. I didn't realize that it had its own lighting like rig inside of the fight pit. So, man, the fight pit was it, it looked amazing in person. I don't know how it came across on TV, but just as a guy who's really into production, the fight pit was dope. So, you know, Matt Riddle comes out and we talk about like presence. Matt Riddle has that presence. Matt Riddle has that presence the moment that he walks out. His he doesn't have a flashy intro. Well, he does, you know, when he kicks his, his flip flops off, you know, they do the, the pyro deal. Aside from that, his his entrance isn't really all that that flashy. Um, but he still brings like a certain swag and a certain confidence to the arena when he comes out. Great entrance. Um, and of course, of course, Rollins, comma, Seth Freakin', his entrance, beautiful. <laughs> beautiful entrance the dancing and shit like the fire coming out of the sides of the jaw and man i loved it um man seth rollins is you know he's i don't use the term goaded but he is i'll say that he is the the workhorse of the wwe i th there are so many match of the year candidates that seth rollins has been in this year shit you can take his shit with cody alone and say like dude those things have those things were bangers Okay, I mean, not just the end ring, but I mean, just the story around him. Seth is, you know, I'm really hoping, and, and there was a clip of Seth saying how, you know, he, he hates that he's, well, not hates, but I guess the, the, the fact that he's in his prime during the same time that Roman is in his prime uh, takes away from Seth. But I, I don't know, man. I don't know. The championship belts for me are, because I understand what they are. They're literally just a way of saying that the bosses want this person to represent in a different type of way. And I could see how if I were in the locker room, I would want to know that, you know, folks have that kind of confidence in me. But the fact that Roman is the champion and Seth isn't, that takes nothing away from Seth, in my opinion. Um, Seth is he's amazing. I love Seth Rollins and this match was it was a great match you know Seth is like Super Marioing up the side of the John the side of the gate and like comes down with that splash onto Riddle he's he goes to the top of the uh, uh the upper level of the fight pit 
and he dares Riddle to come up. So Riddle comes up, and those two beat the shit out of each other up there. And, uh, and it, you know, we get the pedigree up there, and Seth, I believe uh, Seth gets tossed down or something like that, or he falls or something. And then, dude, Matt Riddle, Senton from the top of like the, the the top level of this damn fight pit all the way down to where Seth is. And we're talking about, you know, 10, 15 feet. All right. 10 or 15 feet there. It, it did not look like it tickled under any circumstances for either of them. Man, those folks, they put a lot on the line. Matt Riddle walks away with the victory. The place goes crazy for Matt Riddle's victory. And again, so Seth Rollins loses a lot, but you don't feel like he loses a lot, you know? Like, Seth, it, after this match, he could go into a title. He's going into a title match tomorrow on Raw. And it doesn't, like, I don't feel like that's going to take away from the threat of Seth Rollins being a, a champion. I don't see it happening. I, I do think that Seth Rollins is going to beat Bobby Lashley. I just, I think it's, you know, they haven't really done much with Lashley on this title run. They were for a second where they made a big deal out of the championship and you know, the, the Tommaso Ciampa thing, which where the fuck has he been? Uh, the Tommaso Ciampa thing, and then, you know, they stopped. So, um, but yeah, no, it'll, it'll, I think that's going to be an awesome match between Seth Rollins and Bobby Lashley. Seth Rollins should probably pick up the win there, but he did not on this night. It was Matt Riddle. Matthew J. Riddle picked up the victory, and from there, we got The Fiend, which, you know, you can you can run it back. <laughs> we thought about that, but overall, man, Great event, Extreme Rules. I cannot wait for the next WWE event. I'm I'm definitely planning to be a WrestleMania. Definitely want to be a WrestleMania. Uh, and I, I'd like to, I'm thinking about going to the one in Hollywood. Although I don't have tickets and I don't know how sold out they are. So I might not be going to the one in Hollywood. But man, it was a great event. We're going to wrap this thing up. I do want you to, if you haven't yet, please consider giving me a follow on TikTok. We do some really fun things over there. You know, we, we do like the live reactions as things are happening. So we're all like reacting and commiserating or or celebrating simultaneously through TikTok. And, uh, and it's just a whole different vibe. It, it's given me new life and a new love for pro wrestling, being able to watch it with you guys on TikTok. So by all means, please consider giving me a follow on TikTok. I'd really appreciate it. Um, the merch store is open. You can click the link in the bio on the TikTok, uh, and that's that's where you find the merch. Um, of course, you know, <laughs> should you feel so compelled, please <laughs> take a look. And um, yeah, that's going to be it for this edition, this very first edition of the newly repackaged Raw Impact Radio. That's right. There are other versions that live out there in the world, and you don't want to. You don't want to. I mean, you can go searching if you want. <laughs> but. This is a new one, all right? And uh, and we appreciate your taking a listen. And we'll be back. Peace. <laughs>